the final two weeks of the season decisions, waiver wire picks, pitcher preview, and Ruvain's injury report. Next on Beat the Shift. Welcome to another episode of the Beat the Shift podcast. I am your host, Ariel Cohen, and with me as always, Ruben Guy. How are you, Ruben? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Getting geared up for the last two weeks of the fantasy season and getting down to the stretch. It's the dog days of summer as summer ends in, wow, I can't believe summer is over in just about three, four days. Uh, How was your summer this year? It went by very quickly. Uh, yes, this marathon has now turned into a two-week sprint here as we finish out the season. Yeah, and the key here is, you know, anything goes. Like, don't don't be afraid to drop somebody who just isn't cutting it. Um, even if he, even if you picked him in the sixth round of a draft, uh, if he's not cutting it right now and he doesn't help you in your categories, just just throw him away. I mean, uh, there, there's no time to fix it. In, and we're talking redraft leagues, of course. And if you and if you're dropping, yeah, if you're dropping the guy, I mean, if you drop anybody this week, if anyone picks them up, they only have one week left of this player. So it's not like you're going to be getting a whole bunch out of this player anyway. So you're not going to lose out that much and let them spend their rest of their fab on the guy. You don't need him anyway. So who cares? Right. And that last week, of course, is always iffy because people sit. Pitchers sometimes, you know, end up up, shutting them down, don't play. So dropping a guy this week is really not a problem. The biggest thing about the fear of dropping players is, you know, is somebody going to pick them up? And, of course, we have the rule that, you know, should you drop a player? Well, if they're going to pick them up, if somebody else is going to pick them up, then maybe you shouldn't drop them. You don't really have that fear here. So just get the players you need for your roster. Correct. Um, and, you know, the other discussion before we get into our specific players is it matters right now uh, the number of games teams are playing. I mean, I- I'm looking at the schedule for next week. The Red Sox and Mets are only playing five games apiece, um, whereas, for example, the White Sox are playing eight games this coming week, and the Indians with two doubleheaders, they've got nine games. How does that factor uh, into your decision to play players, to pick up players? How does that come about for you, Ruben? Well, it's a matter of playing time. And if there are only five games and you're, let's say you have Christian Vazquez on your team and you want to know what to do with him, you have five games with him. Is he going to play all five games? Probably. They're in a playoff race, so he's going to play. So you're going to get a lot out of him still, probably. But if you can find another catcher that may play six games or seven games, not likely, but it's possible. So you can pick him up and, and fill in for those stats if you, if you really need to. And you can drop Vasquez and not have to worry too much about it. But then you may want to think on the flip side of it. Would you really want to drop Christian Vasquez? Is there someone really out there that's going to be that much better for those five games? Probably not. So you have to make a decision as to who you think will be the best value for your team. Don't go by the name. Go by the stats. Look at the numbers. Don't look at the name. That's what you have to do down the stretch now. Yeah, and whether a team is still in it for the playoffs matters. And we have a league that that we're doing, and uh, the question is, should we— uh, drop Christian Vasquez, who has only five games this week, for another catcher who might have seven games. Maybe he could pick up two more games. But the thing is, the Red Sox, they're right in the hunt. Um, they're facing the Yankees and the Blue Jays. They're competing against them for the last wild card spot. Vasquez is going to play probably almost every game, uh, at least four out of five, if not five. You might not actually get an advantage by picking up a- another second catcher. Uh, to there. So it's not just the number of games, it's also the quality of games and if the teams are still in it or not. 
But let's say you have someone like Xander Bogarts, who also plays five games for the Red Sox. And you also have a player like Kaina Falefa, who plays a bunch of games also. It's not the same quality of player, but he's going to play more. Kaina Falefa has seven games, and, and, and Bogarts only has five. So it's a matter of what you think you're going to get out of him. Do you want to risk it and sit Bogarts to play Kaina Falefa because you want to get those extra stolen bases out of it? If you really think that's going to work, then fine. But otherwise, I think it's just stick with the proven commodity, even if it means missing a game or two. Yeah, and of course, you mentioned that we were talking earlier before uh, before recording. Uh, we have that decision to make in a league where you know we, we have Bogarts versus Connor Falefa. Um, we could gain a point in stolen bases, so maybe Connor Falefa helps. We can gain a point in batting average. Connor Falefa has been great. Of course, Bogarts in that wonderful lineup, so he'll score a lot of runs, which we need also. So you, you need to make the assessment of what categories you need and uh, how how valuable players. I mean, Bogarts to me is is you know definitely up there. He's a, he's a third round player. Um, kind of fluff is nowhere near then. So uh, you know you're talking about a very very big disparity in value. But if something is somewhat close, uh, those extra two games, three games can make all the difference. And same goes for the waiver wire. If you see a player out there that you really want it's only five games, think twice about it. Maybe look for the guy with seven games instead of five games. Yep. All right, on to our waiver wire. Who do you got for this week to pick up? Well, I got a couple of players. First of all, we'll start in Miami with Brian De La Cruz. He's playing outfield for the Marlins. He's playing every day. In the last week, he's batting 364, two homers and six RBIs. And since August 10th, he's raised his batting average from 250 to 336. That's pretty good. He's only 11% on CBS, and if you need an outfield fill-in, let's say you have a Joe Adele who just went on the IL and he's done for the year, Brian De La Cruz is a great fill-in. Another guy, if you need a fill-in for the infield, he's, this guy plays first, second, and third, and that's Tommy LaStella. He's playing every day, and for the last week, batting 292, two homers, seven RBIs, and five runs scored. That's filling up the stat sheet for the last week of this last couple weeks of the season. That's very important. He's only 22% on in CBS, so he's available in most leagues. Another guy to watch is Gavin Lux. He's not really playing second base. He's more playing left field. The last three games, he's actually played in left field because Chris Taylor's been out and A.J. Pollock's still on the I.L. And in the last couple of games, Gavin Lux is batting 412. No homers, so you haven't seen that power yet. But Gavin Lux, if he's batting 412, that power will come. And if he's available in your league, grab him now. Another couple of pitchers you may want to mention, um, you want to take a look at, actually, is Rowan Wick. He's had four saves for the Cubs since August 31st. He's only 12% owned in CBS, and if you need a closer at the last second, he's a guy to pick up. And another guy is Chris Stratton. The former San Francisco starter has three saves over the past 10 days for the Pirates, and with David Bednar on the IL and only being 6% owned, Chris Stratton is, he's a great pickup. Yeah, I was going to mention Chris Stratton as well. Of course, I mentioned Rowan Wick last week. So those are definitely two options for closers if you need it. Uh, I mean, I picked him up in a couple leagues where that extra save could help. Uh, you know, three saves is two points in the standings. Chris Stratton, why not? Just try. And he's not. He, he's been great. In the last month, he's had a uh, two four five ERA, one nine four whip, a .68 whip. So that's not going not gonna to hurt your ratios there. So give it a shot. I'll uh, mention a couple of other hitters. Um, well, you know, last week I mentioned Odubel Herrera and Lamonte Wade. They're still out there, widely available, and they got some good schedules coming up. I would very much consider picking them up if they are still available in your league as well. Uh, I'll also mention Austin Hayes. He's a little bit less. Uh, he's a little bit more owned. Forty-three percent owned. He's slashing two fifty-three, three hundred, four sixty-three with twenty homers on the year since August first. 
10 homers, 280 average, 28 RBIs. He's batting third, fourth, or fifth every day. This week he has a great schedule, three games at Philly, four games at home against Texas. Austin Hayes should be rostered. And watch for him for next year also. He's a guy I think you should keep an eye on. Uh, how about DJ Peters in uh, Texas? Nine homers over the last 30 days. And, uh, you know, the, it hasn't been just like a one week where he hit four or five homers. He's actually been spreading it out. He's been consistent with the power. 200 batting average with pop. Basically, he's the Joey Gallo replacement. Uh, if power is what you need, he is playing the Yankees away and Baltimore away. So it's another good week to play Peters. How about Willie Calhoun? Same team. He's widely available. He's only 15% owned. He has 30 home run power legit. These are a couple of guys that if you need power, look to Peters and Calhoun, Calhoun for the last for the second to last week in this season. The only thing about DJ Peters is that his batting average may kill you. You mentioned him being like Joey Gallo. He's batting 199 for the season. So if your batting average can take a little bit of a hit and you need that power, then it's worth it. But otherwise, you have to be very careful with that. Yeah. I mean, again, if, if anything, you have to have the player that fits your roster construction. If batting average is tight, even if you need homers, it's not going to help you to pick up DJ Peters. You might have to look elsewhere. Uh, it all depends on, on the categories. If there's no chance you can gain or lose points in batting average, he fits. So you got to do that risk that risk assessment and the category assessment right right up to the last week of the season. Uh, how about uh, pitcher preview? Uh, who are a couple of uh, two-star pitchers? One-start matchup? Uh, who, who are you picking up this week? Well, I don't really love the two-star pitchers that are out there. There's nothing really that stands out. The only one I really catches my eye a little bit is Eric Fetty. We've mentioned him before. He's two-start this week. He'll get you strikeouts. He's had 17 strikeouts in his last 14 innings. He's at Miami and at Cincinnati. He's only 12% owned in CBS, so if you're really desperate for strikeouts, he may be a guy to look at. But a guy who I'm looking at, and he's actually 45% owned in CBS, and he's still available, you got to grab him, and that's Adrian Hauser. Since returning from the IL on August 22nd, he's lowered his ERA from 3.55 to 3.25, and he's got 18 strikeouts in the last 23 innings with two wins. He's one start next week, but he lines up to be two start for the last week of the season. So if you're still in it and the, and your season runs the whole season and you don't end your playoffs the week before the season, last week of the season, Adrian Hauser is the guy to have. Just a caution about the two-star pitchers, the future two-star pitchers. You never know that the last start of the season could either be short or could be canceled totally. Uh, I'd say it's a 50-50 gamble, and if it's younger pitchers in general, I'm talking generally speaking, uh, I'd err on the side of they're probably not going to make that last start. So just caution about the future two start is my, my advice here, that you may think, oh, wow, you're going to get two starts next week, and it may turn into a pumpkin. I agree, and, and also, it doesn't matter if they're a playoff team or not, because if you're on a, if your pitcher is on a playoff team and they're not doing well, they're going to be pulled real early also, so you have to think about that as well. Right. Uh, I'll give a couple of pitchers. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, 56% owned, but if you're in a league with a short bench or limited or no IL slots, it's very possible that somebody in your league has dropped him. Uh, this week, he has two starts at Colorado, at Arizona. He's being ramped up. Um, he had a three-inning start, and he had a five-inning start against Arizona, which he p pitched very well in both starts. He, maybe he'll go five, maybe six, but those are great starts. I mean, you can get 10, 11 innings out of him this week. 
He'll give you strikeouts. He'll give you good ratios. Um, think about Tony Gonsolin. Uh, matching up against him in one of the starts, John Gray. Um, I know he's pitching Colorado two games. I know he's playing the Dodgers and Giants. This is not a league for – this is not a play for, for a league where you are tight on the ERA. Um, I would not gamble having John Gray at home two starts against the two best teams in baseball. Uh, but if you need strikeouts and the ERA, you have some kind of buffer, there's no better start that you're going to have than John Gray. Um, he's going to rack up 15, 16 strikeouts uh, possibly this, uh, this week. Uh, you can't say no to that. He's not that widely owned, but if he is, consider him. Dallas Keuchel, oh, my God, he's been brutal lately. Uh, he had a stretch of four straight games with five or more runs being given up, actually usually six or seven. Uh, he had a nice, decent two-run outing against the Angels last week. Um, but, you know, he needs to get back at the playoff form and his matchup this week at Detroit, at Cleveland, and then he faces Detroit next week. Uh, might be a play. Uh, so just consider him if there is room on your team. Uh, I'll throw in two other guys just to look at. Alec Mills, this is not a great pick, but he has two starts, so if you need it, he's 22% owned, so he's probably available. He's been up and down this year. He sometimes has a good start, sometimes has bad starts. But if the wins are what you need, um, I think there's a good shot that he'll get one win. Um, he's playing Minnesota and St. Louis at home. He's not a big strikeout pitcher, not great with the whip. But if you need a win, maybe give it a shot. The last guy I'll mention, Jordan Lyles. One start at Baltimore, 10% owned. He's been very streaky this year. He's had stretches of unbelievable pitching and then stretches of god-awful pitching. The last two starts, seven innings, one run or less. So I think he's in the groove, and he's facing a poor Baltimore team. That's a great start, I would consider, even just for that one start to pick him up. And if you're considering, yes, yes, if you're considering Alec Mills, and you have to put John Lester into that conversation too, he's only 24% owned, he's playing at Milwaukee and pitching against Alec Mills. And in his last three starts, John Lester has a 2-4-5 ERA, with 18 innings and 11 strikeouts. So that's someone to consider if you want to maybe get some wins. Because remember, St. Louis is still in the race, and they're going to try to push it as much as they can. I like that pick. And, uh, you know, John Lester, and again, statistics won't tell you this, but um, I've in the last couple of years, he's always been very strong at the end of the year. I picked him up the last week of the season uh, in Tout Wars, and he got a win, and he helped me out. Uh, last year. Somehow he turns it on in the end of the year. These these veteran pitchers know how to, okay, it's the last bit of the season. I can throw everything I got. I don't got to waste anything in the tank. I, I don't have to save anything in the tank, that is. Uh, so I, I like that start by Lester. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to try to go after both Alec Mills and John Lester so they can pitch against each other? What's your opinion on that? Um, yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, obviously, you know, if you pick two pitchers at any day that are facing each other, obviously you increase your chances for a win because all you need is one guy to do well. The worst of uh, the best, of course, is where it's uh, one nothing uh, going into the fifth inning for one guy, and uh, sorry, one nothing going into the ninth inning for both. The worst is when they all blow up and nobody even has a win. Um, you know, it's very hard to uh, to make the calculus to actually avoid or make it. I, I don't really have, I don't, I don't really know, to be honest, what the statistics are in there. I would say, though, if you need a win, then it does maximize your chances. So if wins are a thing, uh, stacking is probably a good idea, even if it's against each other. Um, but in terms of ratios or anything else, it's really uh, probably doesn't matter at all. 
Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I don't love when they pitch against each other because I don't know really to know who to root for. I'm rooting for both of them, and it doesn't. It's it's kind of a weird feeling. You want to do well, but you don't want to do too well. You want to get that one run and sneak it out. Um, but if they're both available and you have roster spots for both of them, and they're both two starts. I don't really care if they're pitching against each other though. Yeah, yeah. I again, it's a small limiting factor to to uh, say that they stack and they play against each other. Um, so. Do your best judgment to get the best player uh, matchup uh, uh, match against each other regardless, is, I guess, the advice. Injury report time. All right, only a couple more of these for the end of the season. Uh, who do we got right now? Okay, we'll start with some bad news. We'll start with Joe Adele, who's placed on the I.L. with a left abdominal strain. We don't know how bad it is, but we know that it's bad enough to keep him out for the rest of the year. Framer Valdez, who's dealing with a cut on his index finger. He was scratched from his last start this week, but he's supposed to start this coming Monday, so he's a possible two-start, so if you have him, use him. Wanda Franco was placed on the I.L. with a right hamstring strain. It's not considered serious, and he is expected to return next week. Tyler Gilbert was placed on the I.L. with left elbow inflammation. We don't know how bad it is, but with two weeks left in the season, there's little reason why the Diamondbacks are going to try to push him to return, so don't really think about it. You can just drop him. I mentioned Chris Taylor also. He's missed the last week of games, so he hasn't been put on the IL. It's a, it's a great question as to whether he's going to come back. I think he will come back, and I think they'll probably come back sometime mid-next week, only because the Dodgers want him to get him back into form when it comes time for the playoffs. Some updates on some players. Mike Trout has been basically ruled out, ruled out for the rest of the year. If you have Jacob deGrom, he may give you maybe a couple of innings the rest of the year. I wouldn't put any money on it at this point. So the over-under for one inning, I, I think it's going to be the under there. Johnny Cueto, he has done some catch, but has not done any mound work, so we don't know if he's going to be back this year. Chris Bassett, surprisingly enough, he's trending to return before the season ends. He may have only an abbreviated start, but he is trending. He already had a couple bullpen sessions done, so he looks good. And I also want to mention Jesus Aguiar, who is also going to be done for the year. So if you have him, you can drop him. You know, in confidence, he's not coming back for the rest of the year. Wow, that would be really fantastic if Bassett pitches again this year. It's it's a great story. It's a really a great story. I'm I'm wondering if he'll wear a mask just like uh, Kevin Pillar did when he came back while he pitches. That would be interesting. Yeah, I, I would assume they'll wear something. Um, but yeah, that was such a shame. He was pitching absolutely unbelievable. And uh, the one uh, positive is this: it did cut down on his innings which means that he's going to be fresh and they don't have to worry about him getting tired toward the end of the year. I know it's a horrible thing to say, but you know what? Some Sometimes things work out for strange reasons, and we don't know why. Possible. All right. Well, uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, before we go, why don't we just uh, let everybody know where they can find your work, Ruvain, and uh, where they can reach you. You can follow me on Twitter at MLB Injury Guru, where I tweet out injury updates when, the, when they will be back. Uh, who's going to take them? Who's going to take their place? How long the player is going to be out for? Whether they'll be out for the rest of the year or not. And you can catch my weekly Roto Bowler article that comes out on Saturday or Sunday regarding Fab and injury updates. And I'm Ariel Cohen. You can find my stuff over and fa- on Fangraphs at Roto Bowler and Sportsline. You can follow me on Twitter at ATCNY. And of course, listen to me right here on the Beat the Shift podcast presented by Fangraphs. Uh, now, Ruvain, I think that uh, uh, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, next month, we're, we are both going to be at First Pitch Arizona, presented by Baseball HQ, and our show is going to be done live. 
Yes, that is going to be very interesting. We've never done a live show in front of a, as they say, studio audience, so it's going to be a little bit interesting. Yeah, and there are there is some still some room. I am told at uh, Baseball HQ. If uh, you would like to attend, it's first of all it's a great conference. Uh, meet a lot of people, get great information ahead of the 2022 season. If you would like to attend, uh, you can still do that. If you'd like a discount code, just uh, message me privately. I'll hook you up with that, um, and uh, and you can come see us do this show live. So we are very much looking forward to that. We'll also have a bunch of episodes, um, you know, recapping the season, what went right, what went wrong, strategy, what we can do better, what was just process risk what was just something that we need to work on we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll dissect the uh, the season we've got a, a long time in the off season to do that uh but uh, we'll definitely get a bunch of those episodes there and the live one so it's going to be an exciting next uh, couple of months for us next week i guess is the final regular season one right but with uh with just one more waiver wire period left yep and just remember if you're in a 15 team league only one team can win so if you're in the other 14 you know, you're fooling the rest of the pack. Let's wait till next year. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for our show. Thanks again, Ruvain, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Beat the Shift podcast presented by Fangress. Follow us on Twitter at Beat underscore shift underscore pod.